0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the United City Greensboro podcast, a church in the heart of Greensboro with a desire to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of all things. You can learn more about our community at UnitedCityGSO.com. Enjoy today's teaching. We're going to come back together for our, our time of teaching this morning. Uh, I sense an expectation in the room for God to do something. Two weeks away, it just really, I don't know, something inside of you stirs to where you're like, okay, God, come on, let's do something. Um, So I'm excited about our time together this morning. I'm also really excited because we have a dear friend that is going to be preaching uh, this morning. And when I say preach, I mean preach. Mm -hmm. Proclaim. Okay? Okay? Um, Dr. Dee Stokes is with us this morning, and uh, Dee has become a dear friend of mine and someone I've spent a lot of time with. Um, She has done so many things, so I'm not going to go all into the things that she has done, but um, she's got a doctorate in education. She's been a Division I basketball coach, played Division I basketball, works with Fresh Expressions US, has done stuff around cultural intelligence, and is a powerhouse preacher. So I'm just telling you, you need to talk back. Some of you are like, what does that mean? You know, If she says something good, you need to say amen, Amen. say preach it again, say say it, sister, whatever, all right? Talk back, and uh, I'm excited this morning to be able to see how God is going to move as we continue pressing into our teaching series on the Holy Spirit. So uh, I'm going to get Dr. D to come on up, give her a hand, and um, I'm going to pray for her. And we are going to um, believe that God is going to transform a heart this morning uh, through the teaching of the scriptures. Holy Spirit, would you just descend upon this wonderful sister who is such a gift to so many? You love her so dearly. Thank you that she gets a chance to be with us this morning. May we be so submissive to what you have in store for us. Shape a heart, transform a mind this morning. So, God, right now, Would you open up hearts, open up minds, awaken us right now to the things of the Spirit and to the teaching of the Scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Can you hear me? I'm on. United
0: City, good morning.
1: How are you? Uh, You don't sound like you're good. Um, I'm going to share with you. First, I want to thank Pastor Spencer, and I'm too tall for this. I want to thank pastors Spencer and Jordan. They are dear to my heart, and I support them in uh, any way that I can. And so, just know that I support you because I support them. I support this church, and and when he calls, uh, I I answer. So, uh, and always will. So I'm a, I'm a part of you. Okay, and so let's get that straight. I'm family, so you don't treat family like strangers. Amen. Some of y'all don't know nothing about family, I guess. Huh? Now, listen, let me tell you, let me testify for a moment. Can I do that? That yesterday I didn't feel so well and I have really bad acid reflux and it's turned into asthma at times. But I don't, I don't believe I, I rebuke that. I don't have asthma. I just have asthmatic symptoms. Well, yesterday I woke up, And I couldn't breathe and I was wheezing literally all day long. Now, I don't blame the devil for much because I believe it's our own sin and our own disobedience and it's our own bad decisions that cause pain in our lives most of the time. It's that you should have said amen right there. And if you don't believe it, go follow your life and go back and think about your life and see what bad decisions you made. That wasn't the devil. That was you. And so... so, But I think something was up yesterday because today I feel great. Today I'm healed in Jesus' name. And also, I've been celebrating my anniversary this past week because last year in 21, I was in the hospital from January 25th through the 28th with bilateral pulmonary embolism, blood clots in my lungs, and the Lord brought me through. Thank you. You should clap. Because if you, listen, if you you celebrate for me, then God will do something for you. Amen? If you celebrate for other people, what he does for other people, he'll certainly do for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3. Last time I was here, I have been to Sunday service, but last time I was here, I can see. I don't have to use my glasses. Let's see if I can see the Bible. Last time I was here, I was uh, ministering with the leadership in the absence of your pastors who were having a baby, and uh, we had an unbelievable time, and thank you for those who've come up to me today and said that the words that the Lord spoke that day have been confirmed in your own life and have come true, and that you are not afraid to step out and do what God says. So today, we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God, but I sense in this room already that it's not the hearing that's the issue. It's the follow-through that's the issue. It's, I don't know if it's, I'm already prophesying, I don't know if it's the voice of God, but I'm afraid to figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm all in your business right now. I'm afraid to figure it out, and I don't have the courage to tell anybody about it or to talk about it. I need courage. So today, God is going to give us courage. Today, God is going to give us insight. Today, with the word of the Lord. And today, God, he's already speaking, but he is speaking to you and you're going to have the courage today to speak what the Lord is speaking to you right now in Jesus' name. First Samuel 3. If you, it, I like to do this, so I hope I'm not doing something you don't want to do, Pastor, but uh, if you would stand for the reading of the word of the Lord in reverence to his word. I'm a Bible person, so I have 35,000 Bibles. And I brought one that just has 1 and 2 Samuel in it. So that's how much of a Bible person. I'm old and I'm old school, so you'll have to excuse me. But I have to, I love the feel of a Bible. And I have to read out of the Bible the scripture instead of off my screen, even though I have it on my screen just in case. (laughs) 1 Samuel 3, we're going to read the first 10 verses. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived finally that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Before you sit, let's pray. Father, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you praise. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for what our ears have heard and our eyes have seen and what our ears and eyes will continue to hear and see. Holy Spirit of God, speak. For your servants are listening. Speak to us, speak through us, and speak in spite of us, God. We need a word directly from you. Speak in this place. Speak to our hearts. Speak audibly if you want to, but speak. And we give you honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. My subject today is simply speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. Now, I know that you all have been speaking and talking and witnessing and and encountering the Holy Spirit. I know that you've talked about the Trinity, three in one. Father, Son, Spirit, love the Trinity, right? You've talked about the perichoresis. Love that word, that big uh, uh, theological word. It's this divine dance between the Trinity, right? Unity and diversity. Boy, if we had that divine dance with the Trinity and with each other, couldn't we do some amazing things in the world? I know you've talked about the Trinity. God lives in a temple. You've talked about that, right? If you remember at, at creation, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, Uh, Back in the ancient Near East, all gods, little G, lived in a temple. So when God created the earth, he created his temple. Yes, Eden was a temple, the temple, the synagogue. and, And now he lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person and not it. You were taught that, right? And cannot be bound by gender. I loved it when you said that because because uh, I think that's awesome. And and there's different representations of the Spirit. I'm just reviewing now, right? Fire, water, dove, all of those. Things. Did y'all get all that? Did you write it down? All right, good. All right, good. <laughs> So let me give you some background. If you remember, turn back to 1 Samuel 1, love 1 Samuel 1, and have preached about that barren woman uh, uh, so much. And I will tell you, since February of 2020, I've prophesied two, maybe three babies. And, uh, and listen, they didn't even know they were coming. They didn't know. Pandemic babies. Now, I've been talking about pandemic babies for a long time. You ain't, you ain't had nothing else to do when you was locked up. <laughs> so you had some babies because I believe God needs some babies in the earth. Maybe he allowed the pandemic because he needed some babies in the earth. Just a thought. So back in 1 Samuel, here is this woman, Hannah. She's barren and, and the mistress, Penina, is, is on her nerves. Let's just put it that way. And so the story, I love it because it begins with a woman. Not just any woman, but a barren woman praying in the temple of God, right? She promised that if God gave her a child, that she would dedicate him back to the Lord in the service of the Lord for the rest of his life. Now, come on. Now, how many of us would do that? That just seems like really awkward here. Okay, I just had my baby that I've been praying for and praying for and praying for. Now I'm going to give it back to you, God. Literally give given back to you. So she had Samuel and she did just that. She kept her word. God delivered and she kept her word. She dedicated him back to the service of the Lord under the tutelage of Eli. Now we know Eli and his sons had a lot of issues, but that's for another time. And here in our text that during a time, uh, this time was during a time when the word of the Lord was rare. Now I found that interesting. Because the word of the Lord was rare, but he spoke. (laughs) You know, they tell us, they tell us that during the uh, intertestamental period, the Lord didn't speak. I think he did. Just because it's not written down does not mean that the Lord didn't speak. He had to be directing somebody to do something, right? And so we cannot say that God does not speak just because we don't hear him speak. He, in this case, he spoke to Samuel, but the Bible clearly tells us that the word of the Lord was rare. But here is God speaking to his prophet Samuel because he had something to say. And God is speaking to you because he has something to say and because he cares about every aspect of your life. Yes, he cares what you wear. Yes, he cares what you eat. Yes, he cares what job you have. Don't think that God doesn't care about that. He cares where you live. He cares who you marry. He cares who, you, who your friends are. God cares about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Walls. God cares about me. I'm so excited that God cares about me. That's something to be excited about. He is the ruler of the universe. He is the creator of all things. God cares about you and loves you. That is important. So even though the word was rare, he still spoke. So Samuel was lying near the Ark of the Covenant. The ESV says the Ark of God. And you see, you want to get close to where the fire is where the voice is, where God is moving and shaking. I don't want to be left out where God is moving and shaking. I want to be right in the middle. That's why I hang out with with these folks, because I believe God is moving and shaking. There are other places I could be. But I turn down some places because they dry and don't love Jesus. (laughs) I'm an honest person too, so if you don't like that, you don't like me. The Lord called Samuel, but Samuel was not familiar, listen now, to the voice of the Lord, right? And thought that it was Eli calling him. He wasn't familiar with God's voice. Eli being oblivious <laughs> sent him back to bed. And then a second time rolls around. The Lord called Samuel, come on and, and, and speak to us, God. Come on, I, I, we need God to speak to us today. So why don't you just call on the Lord? Just take a moment and insert your name. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to... Say your name. I don't think, you, you don't think everybody said it. Come on. Lord, speak to... D. Eli still has no clue. And send Samuel back. Word of the Lord. had Seven tells us now Samuel did not know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. The Lord is persistent. <laughs> Don't you know you got to be persistent and patient? My goodness, is he patient with us. He's persistent. He wanted Samuel to hear his voice. So he wasn't going to stop until Samuel did. <laughs> He's not going to stop until you hear. So he called Samuel a third time. Has God ever been persistent with you? Lord knows he has with me. Eli finally reveals after the third time that it is the Lord who's calling you, Samuel, and tells him in verse 9, speak, tell the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So God, we're asking you to speak today because we're listening. And the Lord came and stood calling Samuel, Samuel, and again Samuel answered, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Now let's talk about hearing the voice of God. The, first, let's talk about the ways God speaks. Now, many of my thoughts today have come from two really cool books. One is called Prophetic Like Jesus by a man named Jeff Eggers, E-G-G-E-R-S. And you talk about why wham? well, he's connected to the house of prayer. <laughs> and so in one of his chapters, and that's the one I'm gonna highlight today, just one, Um, he talks about the ways God speaks. Some other thoughts uh, of mine have been formed by Priscilla Shirer's book, Discerning the Voice of God. So you might want to write those down. Great books. God is always speaking, but we're not always listening. So here, God speaks through general revelation. Are you familiar with that term? General revelation. That would be nature, meaning he's speaking to everybody through nature, right? The Bible tells us in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Nature is speaking, right? It just did not happen. Nature is speaking. And God speaks through special revelation the Bible and Jesus, right? And so the single most powerful way God will speak to a believer is through his word. Don't don't even doubt it. So if you don't know the word, you you ain't gonna get a word. (laughs) That's tweetable. Y'all should tweet that. I'm not that old. I have social media too. If you don't know, to know his will. So the best way to get God's will, to know his will, to know his intentions for your life, is to study that book and to really study it. Study to show yourself approved, the word says, right? So he speaks. So, so praying scripture helps us encounter God's heart. We should daily pray scripture, right? Right? So we don't just make up our own prayers all the time. Sometimes we take, and particularly praying the Psalms is a good way to do it. I taught a class one time how to pray the Psalms. And sometimes when there are pronouns in there, you might insert your own name, right? And so you pray scripture. That's another way, and to be in tune with the heart of God. Now, prophecy, I've already talked a little bit about prophecy, but you know, Joel told us that the spirit would be poured out, right? on the sons and daughters to prophesy, right? Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. Yes, the spirit has been poured out and the spirit is still working today. We are not a cessationist people. The spirit is working today. There are still apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why would we ever cut off part of the fivefold ministry? It doesn't make any sense. God needs us all. Men, women, black, white, green, yellow, whatever. God needs us all, right? Why would he ever separate and not use all of us? Hebrews tells us that God who who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. And now he speaks the last days spoken to us by his son. Revelation 19 tells us that the testimony of Jesus Christ Is the spirit of prophecy. You know, when I was pastoring the church, I I, uh, I, I taught five months of the words of Jesus. Five months. Because people don't know how to tell stories about Jesus. And so I threatened them. And I said, y'all get it together. Because I'm going to call on you if you don't volunteer to tell me a Jesus story. They couldn't do it. And I finally was about to give up, and I had an old veteran who'd had a stroke years ago, could barely walk. He said, wait a minute, <laughs> waved his hand at me, and he stood up at attention, you know, love it. And he said, "Doc D, I got a story. And man, he told that story. And I was like, oh, so just when I was about to give up, somebody did it. We need to learn Jesus' stories. Right, and then we need to relate them to our own lives. That's a good way to evangelize, a good way to to do discipleship. Even is how about tell a story about Jesus? You remember Jesus, and you remember the, the 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 friend who who had the the friends who put him through the roof, and it was Jesus's house. And can you imagine them doing that? And 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 if they did that to my house, I don't know what I would do. But anyway, you remember that? Well, I was that person one time that my friends had to take to the feet of Jesus. I wonder what kind of verse, chapter, would stir. And I didn't, do, I didn't do scripture. I didn't do verse, chapter, nothing. I just told a Jesus story. We need to testify about Jesus because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God spoke in the Old Testament and New Testament to his people in random ways, Right? "...the burning bush in Exodus, burning hearts in Luke, (laughs) his glory in Numbers, his humiliation in Philippians, a fire in Deuteronomy, and a cloud in Matthew, his name in Joshua, and his creation in Romans." Visible signs in Judges and an invisible spirit in Matthew. Visions in Psalms and dreams in Matthew. Teachers in Ecclesiastes and evangelists in Acts. Angels in Daniel and apostles in Second Peter. God is speaking. He's speaking to everyone, no matter your socioeconomic status. <laughs> and this one's going to blow your mind. No matter if you go to church or not. God is speaking because he loves us. The Holy Spirit and and scripture work hand in hand, right? So if you receive a prophetic word, it must be backed up by the word of God. So people like to just say stuff over you, don't don't receive it. Unless it's backed up by the word of God, whether they back it up or whether you know. and, And you know, sometimes it just hits your spirit and you just know. And then you can relate it to the word because you know the word. But they work hand in hand, right? Prophecy, right? Scripture, Holy Spirit and scripture, they work hand in hand. God speaks to give application of his word to specific circumstances in your life, right? It's not just a random thought. You know, like, oh, I don't know why he did. No, he's probably said that to you so you could do something. And of course, you've already learned that as Holy Spirit speaks, He compels, He encourages, He convicts, He challenges, He teaches, He guides us into His will for our lives. God also speaks through pictures. Anybody ever I'm gonna put you on the spot? Does God speak? Be courage, have the courage, raise your hand, thank you. Good. God speaks through pictures. Some people see pictures. Now, I've been around a lot of people, particularly those folks at uh, International House of Prayer. They see a lot of pictures. And the picture can be literal or symbolic. Okay? God speaks through a word or a phrase. This is how he speaks to me. um, I remember one time I was praying over a group of women. and, um, And sometimes when you have a word, see, this is about courage. I've always been taught that you should just say it. And no matter how ridiculous it sounds, just say it, right? Because you don't know how it will affect the other person. So this wasn't too ridiculous, but I I looked at this young lady and and I said, well, I don't know what it means. (laughs) You know, I don't know what it means. God just give me a word or a phrase. But I said, college. And she just, oh, she starts crying. And I don't know, and I still today don't know, but I guess God made a way for her to go to college. I don't know. But what I'm saying is it you you it's not our job to ask God what it means. It's our God it's our job to obey what Holy Spirit is saying and doing in us. He will do the rest. He does the rest. God speaks through impressions. It's like you know in your knower. You just know that you know that you know, right? I've got an example. So Stephen Kendrick, anybody who watched the Kendrick Brothers movies, uh, Courageous, uh, what was the latest one? Uh, anyway, the Kendrick Brothers. <laughs> and Steve, you'll get it in a minute. Stephen Kendrick was telling a story about their adoption of their, their daughter from Asia. And his wife had been praying for two years um, to adopt, but he hadn't gotten uh, the download from heaven yet. Uh, sometimes that happens. And, uh, and, and so on a plane one day, the Lord revealed to him that they should adopt, right? And he, he was reading scripture and he wrote it in his Bible, the date that the Lord spoke that. And he went back to his wife and he said, okay, I'm in agreement with you, let's do it. So the folks in Asia were sending him pictures of little girls in Asia, and he went through four of them and said no. He said he felt this impression that it was not good. He felt this darkness even over him, come over him, that those weren't the girls. And then a fifth came, and he and his wife were like, "Yes, yeah, she's the one. She's the one. And she had heart problems. She actually was born on February 14th. Valentine's Day with a broken heart, as they say it. But here's what I want you to know. When you think God is not orchestrating things in your life, his wife said, tell me the date date of that down in your Bible that God spoke to you. And it was the exact date of that girl's birth. I get choked up talking about that because it's amazing that God knows your heart even before you know your heart. (laughs) He cares about every aspect of your life. So impressions, emotions like I'm doing right now, weeping, crying for no apparent reason. God can just touch you and you just start crying. Don't be ashamed of that cry. I tell people all the time. I remember I was passing a church. I was was the associate at first and then became the senior pastor. And I went to our pastor when I first got there and I said, there's no Kleenex. And I don't see any here either. So I'm going to get on y'all. There's no Kleenex in the sanctuary. So I went out and bought all these boxes of Kleenex because I think tears are healing. And I think people should cry, you know. And people always ask me when I'm about to speak, are you going to make us cry? And I say, yes. I am going to do my best. God is really going to do that, not me, but I'm going to work with him to do my best to get those tears because tears are healing. God speaks through dreams. Joseph and Daniel were interpreters of dreams, right? I have a friend who's an interpreter of dreams. So when I, I dream a lot, so when I don't understand, I call him, say, hey, please help me. So God may give you a dream or a vision that may relate to you personally or have corporate ramifications, Edgar says. So it could be symbolic or literal, right? And we should understand the timing of the dream and if it is personal or for the body of Christ. Dreams may be for intercession. I know a lot of times I'll wake up in the middle of the night and somebody will be on my mind and I'll pray for them. So if God wakes you up, I had a pastor who said this one time, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're all groggy and you're like, you want to go back to sleep, go back to sleep. But if you wake up in the middle of the night and you are wide awake, God is trying to get you to do something. So do whatever the impression or whatever the dream was or whatever, do it. Um... Proverbs twenty-five two tells us it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out the matter. So dreams are designed to bring us near his heart and to cause us to seek his face. The same is true of visions. God speaks through visions. I had a vision, May 6, 2007. I believe, now theologically people would disagree with me, I always say this, that that was my day of reading Lord Jesus holding up a number 6-2007. I was really in a trance, and I saw the Lord Jesus holding up a number one, and I was weeping in my church. I was a member, uh, I was living in Winston-Salem. I was a member of Winston-Salem First Assembly. And I remember leaving, driving to Greensboro, wanting food, and to buy dishes. That's, And I could not get this vision of the Lord out of my mind. I see it even now as I talk about it. And that day, my life shifted. I mean, when I say shifted, it shifted. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and the Lord was preparing me for my mother's passing. She passed in 2009 and he, he knew, and I didn't know, and, and then he gave me a ministry, and I put it on my, my wall. I was coaching at the time, and I put it above my computer, and I said, I don't know what this is because I'm not doing this, and, and, the, and every day, I would look at it, and I'd pray, Lord, show me what this is because I don't understand, and he literally swept me off my feet, and I made a decision. I quit my six-figure job with two cars in the garage and a four-and-a-half-bedroom house to follow Jesus. And I do not regret any of it. He arrested my heart. So when you see me, you see someone who's running after God and who will never turn away. Like I don't understand people who run from God. They say they've been hurt by the church, which is really hurt by the people in the church, not the church, right? And, but they'll leave the church and never commune with anybody else. How can you turn your back on God when he's been so good to you? How? I, like, I just can't even fathom that. I think it's the silliest thing in the world. I can turn my back on you, but I never turn my back on God. And I, really, I don't turn my back on you either. But, but how can we walk away from God and his goodness and his perfection? How can we walk away from him? He speaks in visions. So let's talk about hearing this voice. So the, God is not going to do any thunderous stuff from heaven, okay? Now, he can, right, with Revelation, there's whirlwinds and earthquakes. He, he might do some of that stuff, but he speaks in the whisper. And in Elijah, in, in 1 Kings 19, Elijah had run away from Jezebel because he was scared, if you remember this story, to, to Mount Horeb, and was hiding in a cave when the Lord showed up. And and verses 11 through 12 read, and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in but the Lord was not in the earthquake. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when God whispered, To Elijah, he took up his mantle, his cloak, and stood before the Lord and got instructions. He's speaking to your heart. (laughs) He speaks through other people, but he speaks to your heart. God speaks to everyone. God speaking to us uh, is not an event or a rare occurrence. It is a normal part of our everyday relationship and communion with him. Listen, the sound of his voice is persistent, right? He's persistent and keeps communicating until we recognize it's him. Just like in my passage of scripture in 1 Samuel 3. And Job 33 reveals how God speaks through dreams, whispers, uh, uh, all of these other things. And being actively engaged in a church family can help you discern and hear God clearly. Imagine that. Godly mentors can help you discern what God is saying. Now, Samuel had Eli, and I'm not going to say Eli was all godly, but, but he has someone to help him, right? It's, it's, it's God speaking to you, so go back and, and, and say something to him. So God is speaking in church, outside of church, through people, right? God is a personal God. So God will call you by your name, not your title. <laughs> he may even call you by your nickname. <laughs> my my nickname, I'd say my stage name is D. So my full name is Deanna, but God calls me D, right? Because this is what everybody else called me. But he will not call you by your title. Pastor, doctor, Mr., Mrs., whatever. If scripture is clear on a matter, then we need to do it. There's no need to fast and pray about it. If scripture tells you to do it, just do it. It is sin to know what to do, but then not to do it. If what you you sense makes you feel condemned or guilty, it is not God. See, Romans tells us what? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Read it over and over if you need to. Romans 8, the granddaddy of them all, 8, uh, verse 1. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So if you feel guilty or condemned, that is not the voice of God. He will convict you. Like I remember one time God convicted, It was something. It was, I'm a very competitive person. And it was some contest, and I was going to rig it. I was going to cheat the contest to win, seriously. And I didn't even realize what I was doing. And I went to, I was going to the bookstore. I don't remember what city I was in. And I just, my heart just started to flutter. And, and, it, was, and it was God's, don't do that. I mean, it was, it's, don't do that. And immediately I stopped the process. I called the person, I stopped it. I said, no, I'm not even going to be in the contest. Take my name out of it. And that feeling went away. And I was praising God in my car that he cared enough about me to stop me from doing something stupid. And that was really just a little thing. I mean, it wasn't like a million dollars, but it's still a big thing to him. Right? What we think is a small thing really is a big thing. God will give you peace. He left us his peace, right? When making decisions, I had a friend of mine tell me, I was trying to make a decision one time, and she said, when making a decision, if you are unsettled about an offer, take it off the table. Right? If there's a check in your spirit, take it off the table. He gives us a deep sense of peace that is unexplainable. You can have peace when there is chaos all around you. His peace plus his written word plus mercy of confirmation equals his voice. God also challenges us. Here are some ways he challenges us. He might challenge us to apologize to somebody because we hurt their feelings. Give money to someone in need. Be respect. Come on, you should do this this week. Be be respectful to a boss or a coworker. Stop participating in a certain activity. Allow your spouse to lead in that area, whatever it might be. Whatever God challenges us, right? His voice challenges us. His voice is truth. His word is always true. Anything contrary to God's word is not the truth, so you better know God's word. His voice is authoritative. Don't dismiss it when a verse or scripture or a message from scripture hits you out of nowhere during the day. Pay attention. His voice is powerful, it's strong, and it's with authority. When we recognize his voice, we must obey it. We cause our own demise when we disobey God. We We need his instructions for an abundant life now and forevermore.